The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Uh, Luckily there is a show for you this week, there almost wasn't. I did an interview with Kendra Jane about kind of uh, APP conference prep and screwed up all the settings and it sounded like we were in an echo chamber. So couldn't use that file, I had to uh, kind of harass her, politely but harass her, into re-recording with me this morning. So thank you very much for being so accommodating Kendra, I really appreciate it. And now I have a show for you this week. So uh, we talk all about the APP conference. If uh, you're coming to conference this year, definitely give it a good listen. And there's a lot of tips and tricks in there. We talk about how you can uh, pick your classes, how you can get the most out of the expo, and how to take care of yourself, you know, drink some water, uh, where to get some cheap food, and how to kind of protect your image too, you know. Uh, Maybe try going to bed early, getting a full night's sleep, you know, maybe dial it back on the drinking or or dial it back a lot on the the flirting, you know. Um, There's a lot of things you can do to to make it a successful week for you at conference, so we talk about all those different things. Uh, I'm on my way to London, as I said. I'll be trying to get some more interviews with you there. Um, Got a couple different piercers that I'll be meeting up with for that class, so I'm going to try to get some more content for you. And I'm going to be going to some wrestling shows, so it's going to be super exciting for me. But uh, let's get into this week's interview with Kendra Jane. Uh, hello, my name is Kendra Jane. I am your current vice president of the APP. Um, welcome to Ryan's podcast. Hopefully you'll like what we have to say. Hopefully. <laughs> so what are some of your, your bona fides in relation to conference? You're, you're pretty much like in charge of registration this year, right? Uh, yes, I am. I've been in charge of registration for a couple of years now. Um, so o- o- officially, I guess I am... Your registration manager. Um, I take care of building the event registrations website as well as um, monitoring all of your registrations and incoming questions for both our attendees and our vendors. And then once we're on site, I act as kind of one under Caitlin, I guess, to make sure that conference runs smoothly. And as far as registration goes, everyone has everything that they need. So if Caitlin is like Mama Duck. Would you be like Mama Duckling? I feel like I'm more like Mama Bear. Uh, <laughs> I guess I would be like Sister Duckling, maybe? That works. <laughs> Animal analogies. Um, so we were talking the other day about some of like the the growth that, that's come into conference over the last few years. And, um, you know, I remember just a few years ago when conference was probably half the size that it is now. So... Like, what's been, like, some of the growth that you've seen in the last couple of years? Oh, wow. Um, It's been amazing. Um, As much as we've seen a growth in our membership and an explosion of people applying for membership, which is great, we've also seen that same explosion at conference. So um, my first conference, which was um, eight years ago, we had, I believe, just over 650 attendees that year. Um, Last year, we had almost 1,200 and this year, as of this morning, pre-registered, we have almost 900 
Cool. So what's what's usually the uh, the makeup of pre-registration versus people who either register like last minute online or register on site? Um, it's actually changed a little bit every year. So when I first started working in registration, um, we had very few online registrations and almost all of them happened on site Sunday night or Monday morning. Are you serious? Um, yeah. Oh, We're contributed to those huge long lines and at that point we didn't have our computer station set up you had no access to use your own devices to register on site uh, so you filled out a long piece of paper and you got in line and you waited um, last year it was probably about a quarter of people that registered on site um, and even once they're on site they're using their own devices to do it or using our computers and then just simply coming to the registration desk to have us verify everything take their industry affiliations if required and print their badges this year, I suspect we will see even less. So we're seeing more and more people pre-register because by the time you get to Vegas, lots of those classes are already full. Right. Um, and and I mean, you get the uh, you know you get a, d- a decent discount too if you book in advance. You do. So uh, yesterday, our prices actually went up. That was our deadline for this year. Um, if you had booked before yesterday morning, you would have saved yourself some money. Um, now you have to pay a little bit more, and unfortunately, your choices are going to be a little bit less. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, as much as it stinks for, for some people to not be able to get into a class that they want, I think it's really important that we have things like CAPS and pre-registration because I, I remember those years where it was just kind of like a crapshoot. You know, you would show up to a class and hope that there was space or hope that there was a seat. So, you know, I think that the people who were going to conference and book like the full package, um, you know, I think they're going with the intent of, of taking everything, but a lot of people, like, midweek, they start kind of saying, well, you know, maybe I don't need to take classes all day, I'm pretty tired, I want a little bit more time in expo, so it's good to, um, you know, have reserved seats for the people that are definitely going to show up to those classes. That's exactly right, um, and up until a few years ago, even as full conference attendees, you just picked that you were coming for a full conference, and you decided your classes when you got there. Um, none of our classes ever really reached that maximum. And then when we did, we crammed some, some extra in the back. Um, and now even all of our full conference registration, um, registrants have to pick their courses ahead of time. Our speakers have to sign up for the classes they're teaching, um, as well as the classes they're taking, things like that. And because we have grown so much, we actually do reach fire marshal capacities now. So when we have a class that's full, it's not necessarily because we can't cram more people in the back. It's because the fire... The fire marshal will get very angry with us because right. we are at capacity, which is well, great. Yeah, I mean, I remember in years past, you know, even the the big classes, you'd look around and you'd think like, well, you know, you could probably fit one or two more rows of people in here. But now, even like the largest classrooms, like they get packed to the gills and you're like, I can't believe, you know, there's 500 piercers sitting in this one room listening to this one subject. It's, it's awesome. It's like super cool to see classes grow like that. And um, I also kind of like... Uh, what it ended up doing logistically for the conference, where now we have multiple sessions of the same class, which I think is even better because you just have more and more flexibility for people's schedules. Yeah, it works really great for some of those classes. And we also do our best to ensure when we get notifications that a classroom is full, if we can, we'll move that class to a larger classroom and and add more space, things like that. Um, But being able to add extra sections of classes that are the same to our schedule really also helps those people that want to try to take everything. So you look at that that schedule and you're like, I need to take this class and this class and this class. And 20 classes later, you're like, well, how am I going to make this work? And so it gives those people that are really trying to get as much as they can out of conference a little bit more flexibility with what they can take. 
So talking about those people who want to really just cram in like every minute of class time that they can, uh, I, I think we should kind of talk about some advice for those people because I, I've tried to do that in years past. You know, my first couple of years, it was like, I want to get every single class in that I can. And it actually kind of came at the expense of some of that conference experience. You know, um, I had less time in the expo. I had less time to uh, to talk to people and, and meet people and ask questions. And I definitely had less time for self-care, you know. And now, when I go to conference, I'll, I'll kind of pick out my top priorities. You know, maybe three or four classes that I can't miss. Maybe uh, another three or four classes that I would like to attend. And then after that, it's basically just like, you know get the other stuff in conference done, you know, like the expo is a huge priority to me now. So what would you tell some of those people who are maybe coming for the, the first time? Like what, what's some of the best advice you can give for how to pick classes? Uh, I say pick classes that are relevant to where you are in your career currently. All of us are coming to conference at a little bit different places in our career. Some of us are brand new spanking out of our, of our apprenticeships and, you know, maybe we've only pierced, a few people maybe were really lacking in that introductory knowledge. Take those core classes that are going to build that part of your career, going to give you the knowledge to go to that next level. Some of our attendees are going to be piercers that are, you know, in the middle of their career. They know all that basic stuff. They have a really good grasp of, of fundamentals, um, but they want to take the next step. They're going to want to take, you know, our classes that maybe delve really in-depth into specific techniques or uh, are more troubleshooting classes, things like that. And then we'll have attendees that have been coming for 20 years. Um, those people I really encourage to take classes that are, are those one one-time special offers. Every year we'll, we'll bring in different guest speakers, different uh, special instructors that are specific to that year and that we may never be able to bring back, unfortunately. Um, take those classes because they're ones that you don't want to miss out on. Um, and as hard as it is for our, our newer attendees and our first-year attendees to have to miss out on stuff, know that you can't take it all and that's okay. The schedule is, is just not possible to pack everything in and still survive the week. In, in any sort of assemblance, I think. Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, you do, every year, you always see people who try to do that, and then midweek, you know, same thing like I mentioned earlier, they just, they kind of crash, you know? If you're trying to take classes all day, you know, like, what are what are classes from, like, 10 a.m. to maybe, like, 8 p.m. now on some days? Um, yeah, last year we tried some stuff where we didn't have any evening classes, and we found that we just got so much feedback of people wanting that, that chance to take classes in the night uh, or later into the evening, I guess, and still spread out classes during the day. So we've adapted our schedule a little bit where there's a break actually in the afternoon where there's not a lot of classes or no classes so that everyone has some free time to eat, take a nap, visit the expo. And we've got classes a little bit later again this year. Um, even one night running, I believe, almost till nine with some of our performance arts classes. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if, if people try to do that day after day, they're, they're going to burn themselves out, you know. So uh, like Kendra said, you know, prioritize what would be the most benefit to you. You know, if you feel like you need um, jewelry sales techniques or you need safety classes or you need piercing technique classes, you know, it's all there. Um, but, you know, try not to take everything. Try to focus on what's going to give you the, the best benefit for where you are right now. And then, you know, come back next year. Uh, if you're there with more than one person from your studio or if you have close friends that are there or if you make some other buddies who are first-time attendees, you know, keep in mind that you can all share notes. 
there are a lot of different digital handouts on the um, on the app that we'll we'll talk about that I'm sure more in this conversation. But uh, there's a lot of resources for people. If you can't make it to 100% of classes, that doesn't mean that all that information is shut off to you. You know, just uh, kind of network and, and connect with people, and you can pick up a lot of information outside of the classroom. So network that's that's the perfect word for it, Ryan. Um, so you know maybe you you really wanted to take that that metals class this year, that needle needle theory class, um, and it meant that you missed out on, let's say, <coughs> sorry, um, getting to take um, maybe, well, now I'm totally drawing a blank. Um, maybe you missed out on taking one of our anthropology classes. You know, later on, go find Paul and sit down with him and say, hey, I wanted to take your class and I just couldn't fit it in this year. Can I talk to you about it? Most of our instructors are so open and so happy to talk about what they came to conference to teach, that they will happily sit down with you for 5, 10, 50 minutes and talk about what that class was about or talk about other things that you may have interest in and say, you know, I, I want to know how you got into this industry or or what's the, the story of your career been? And you'd be surprised what you can learn from those conversations outside of a classroom. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's not a coincidence that you know, people are teaching the classes that they're teaching, you know, uh, you're, you're selected by a, a curriculum committee and, and submitting proposals. So, you know, the people who are teaching these classes, they're passionate about the subject matter and, you know, they would love to sit there and talk to you about it. You know, uh, a really good example is Brian Skelly, you know, for the people who already know him, you, you know <laughs> what kind of a brainiac he is, you know, and the people who don't know him, find him and talk to him and you will learn more from that person in just a few minutes than you might in, uh, you know, a whole year back at your own studio just trying to search out things on, on Facebook forums. You know, Brian is like a, a human encyclopedia. So um, if you have any questions about sterilization, sit down and talk to him. If you're uh, a piercer looking to maybe get into disposable piercing, you know, tool-free piercing, track down Jeff Saunders, track down Mike Hill, track down all these different instructors that are really passionate about their, their subject matter, you know, and um, and just talk to people, you know, everybody's there to, to learn and share about body piercing, you know, so if you see another weirdo in the hallway, um, you know, chances are that they're thinking the same kind of stuff that you're thinking, you know, talk to them, ask them where they're from, tell them where you're from, go grab some lunch together and just talk about how conference is going, you know, I, I have learned so much just kind of keeping my mouth shut and my ears open, listening to other people's conversations, and then, you know, people just kind of invite you into it, like, hey, what's your opinion on this? And do you like this jewelry? You know, do you like this technique? What have you done with this aftercare? And you just learn a huge amount when you can talk to people from not just around the U.S., but all around the world, you know? You can talk about different, um, you know, regional differences, you know, what are the cool trends, what's not working, you know, what are some differences in, in how things heal around the world, and all this different stuff. So it's just, it's an amazing experience and um, you want to get as much as you can, but you know, again, you don't want to overload yourself. Exactly. And, and you really do want to take time to eat and sleep. Right. As much as um, FOMO or fear of missing out is huge for people in Vegas. Um, you will, and I speak from experience, benefit a lot more from that 30 minute nap if you need it then that extra 30 minutes standing by the bar for fear that you might miss one glass clink or one elbow bump. Um, it, it really is important to take care of yourself during the week and create a balanced schedule that allows you to learn. So what you're saying is the uh, the theme for this year should be no FOMO? <laughs> no? Is that a terrible, terrible joke? Like I'm recording this on Father's Day, so I mean, I guess it's a dad joke. Um, all right, so... 
self-care uh, is definitely something that gets drilled into people at like Monday morning orientation for the newbies. But, you know, I, I think it really does need to be drilled home for people who have even been there more than once. You know, um, it's a desert. It's a scorching, hot wasteland of sand right off of the strip, you know? So, like, the air is crazy dry. Um, there, There is no humidity in Las Vegas. So, you know, the, the air is just going to suck all the moisture out of your body. So, if you're not stopping and drinking water pretty much, like, every hour, you're going you're gonna to get dehydrated. You're going to start to get those midday headaches, um, especially if you're um, someone who enjoys an alcoholic beverage. You know, keep in mind that every time you drink, that's going to be dehydrating you a little bit, too. So, you know, really focus on your water. You know, anytime you walk past a, a water dispenser, or, you know, a little convenience store, grab some water. Um, it, it's going to make your week go a lot better. I know that sounds like very, like, parentage uh, kind of advice, but it, it's totally true. You know, I want to have a water bottle with me at all times in Las Vegas, and that makes a huge difference. And um, food. Eat food. Don't don't blow off lunch. Don't blow off breakfast, especially if you're planning a long day, you know. Get a good full meal in you. Get some snacks throughout the day, you know. You, you want to manage yourself because you don't want to crash out by four in the afternoon and then, you know, miss the rest of the day. So self-care is really important to make it through such a busy week. It totally is. And and being the mama bear, you know, if you are someone that can throw a bunch of bananas in your bag or you uh, have the ability to take some snacks with you or sit next to someone that looks like they haven't eaten in a few hours, maybe offer them a banana, offer them a granola bar. You know, conference builds a, a wonderful community, but it only happens if we all kind of keep an eye out for everyone else. Same thing at, at the bar tonight. If you, if you happen to see someone that maybe looks like they've had enough to drink, you know, maybe offer them a glass of water. Tell them what time it is. There are no <laughs> clubs in Vegas. <laughs> I've had to do that uh, more times than I can remember. You know, walking by someone, especially newer attendees, uh, that that's another really important thing to think about. You know, you hear that phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, you know, and that's really just made for commercials. It's it's not reality. Um, what happens in Vegas is going to be remembered by a thousand of your peers. Look at it that way, you know. So um, if you are a, a, a newer piercer, new to conference, younger, really excited to be there, seeing all these peers, people you look up to, um, keep in mind that, you know, they might not necessarily remember your exact name or your studio or everything about you, but they're going to remember you if you were a sloppy mess. You know, if you got blackout drunk, did something embarrassing, uh, said something you shouldn't have said, you know, people are going to remember that, you know. So uh, this is a huge, like like we said, networking event, you know. Um, pay attention to your, your image. Uh, you know, have some fun. You know, definitely have some drinks. Cut loose, relax, you know. It, it can be a working vacation. But, um, you know, keep in mind that it's a it's a professional event. So, you know, be a professional. Be, be a relaxed professional, but be a professional. And, you know, another thing that I, I definitely feel like I, I want to say out loud is, um, you know, dial it back on the flirtation a little bit. Uh, just because someone's pretty, you don't need, necessarily need to uh, approach them and tell them how pretty you think they are. You know, uh, people are just there to relax and, and hang out with their friends, and not everybody wants to be kind of uh, harassed, you know. So um, take it seriously. Uh, but just kind of, you know, chill out, have some fun, be safe, and uh, just just keep in mind that people are going to remember you if you make an ass out of yourself. Well, I think two two good points out of that is what happens in Vegas stays on the internet, and what right. goes on the internet is forever. Yeah. Um, but we also, we stand out in a crowd. When a bunch of piercers walk down the street, we turn heads. So when you put a thousand of us in a very small space, people notice us. 
and not just people that are here from our conference or that are attendees or people that might live in Vegas, but people that are coming from all over the world. This is our chance to break stereotypes, to get rid of those stigmas that like, oh, you work in a tattoo shop. Oh, you have your face tattooed. Uh. You know, we have the chance to present ourselves as professionals, like you said, not only to others in our industry, but literally to the world. Yeah, I, I, you know, everywhere I go now, I try to be very conscious of, I might be the only heavily pierced and tattooed person someone has seen, you know, especially in a, a town like Las Vegas, where you have tons of tourists coming from who knows where, what town, what country, you know, um, you don't want to ruin their opinion of pierced people because you were like crazy drunk with your shirt off screaming on the sidewalk at two in the morning, you know, so, uh, you know, if you want to party, if you want to really cut loose and get a little crazy, do it in your hotel room. You know, do it uh, in a in a in a bar or a club that's meant for that. You know, don't do it in the lobby. Uh, definitely don't do it anywhere in the conference area, please. Uh, expo things like that. You know, um, be professional because this event, you know, can be really seen as a. Kind of like a job interview in some ways, you know. Uh, there are lots of piercers who go there one year and then, you know, maybe the the next year they're back and they've landed a huge job because they impress someone at conference, you know. If you're, so sorry, what were you saying? Is it so true? We also have a ton of attendees that are are coming to conference that are currently in, you know, less than five star shops and are wanting to make the connections to better their career. And conference is the place to do it. Yeah, you know, and, and if you're in a not-so-great shop and you're looking to get into a, a better shop or a, a stellar shop, uh, conference is an amazing place to, to meet the people that will help you make that next step, you know? Um, every year, I always see some younger piercer who gets kind of snatched up by, uh, by a great shop and gets a great opportunity, you know? Think of how many people that you know who went from... Uh, being scholars or being volunteers or or just kind of like hanging out and then you know the next year you're like oh they got hired at this studio awesome for them you know I've seen people make huge jumps from those connections and networks you know so if you're maybe kind of like career minded um, bring your portfolio with you bring some nice clothes with you you know like there's going to be a sea of people wearing black t-shirts and cargo shorts there you know like if you want to stand out as like you know someone worth maybe uh looking at for a job or a, a really good opportunity uh dress like you're worth it you know not to say that if you wear a t-shirt or cargo shorts you're not because that's my average attire most of the week but um you know i think you know what i mean like you need to you need to impress people if you want to land some of those uh really good opportunities Exactly, and we all know you're not looking for a job, are you? <laughs> well, you know what? Sometimes I, I, I think maybe I would like to do other things, but for now, I, I think I'm very happy where I am, so I'll stick with my cargo shorts. But when you see me wearing like a three-piece suit at conference, you know something's up. Right? <laughs> World domination is next. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's just a, it's a great week. So um, some of the other stuff I want to talk about for like just little tips and tricks, you know. Uh, food is a really good one that we brought up. Keep in mind that it's not just about buffets and restaurants and, and really expensive food. You know, you walk 10 minutes outside of the casino, there's going to be a, you know, some little store, some little shop. Lots of people take trips out to Whole Foods or supermarkets or, or different places, and they're more than happy to say like, oh, you want to you wanna ride with us? Do you want us to pick up something for you? Um, you can go out and you can get some, some cheaper food, bring it back to your hotel room. A lot of them are going to have refrigerators, you know, so you can keep some food up there for the week, save a little bit of money, pop up to your room and, you know, make a sandwich or get a yogurt or some fruit or something like that, you know. Not every meal has to be a lot of money, so if you're going 
in there on a budget, uh, food is, is one of the best ways that you can kind of control that budget because I would way rather spend money on jewelry at the expo than uh, some really you know expensive lunch or something because I'm trying to rush and I'm trying to eat in a food court or like a sit-down restaurant. Yeah, and there's a Walgreens within walking distance. Um, I think I've gone every single year that I've come to conference. I am fortunate now that I am not nearly on the budget that I was my first year as a scholar. Uh, my first year, I think I made the whole week on about $150 American, which is like $900 Canadian. So really. <laughs> Canadian millionaire. I, I remember one year I went to a, I went to a buffet and I brought I brought my messenger bag with me. And when no one was looking, I just filled it with like rolls of bread and like bananas and apples and like all the food that wouldn't spoil. And that's just really what I ate for most of the week. So I could spend my money on other stuff. I wanted to bring home jewelry, you know, not like a, a gut. <laughs> This reinforces solely why we are friends. <laughs> um, another good thing, uh, just a personal Ryan tip. I, I love buffets. Like, it's it's my jam when I'm in Las Vegas. And the best deal in buffet, I, I forget what it's called, honestly, but right next to Bally's, which is where our, our conference will be, will be Paris. Uh, they're connected by a walkway. You don't even have to go outside. You can just walk through, uh, so like a hall into Paris. And they sell a ticket to a, a, a buffet. And I think it's... All the different hotels that are owned by the same place that owns Paris, so it's like six or seven different hotels with buffets. You can buy a 24-hour buffet pass, and I forget how much it is, but it's it's really reasonable. It's like 50 or 60 bucks, but you can eat um, as much as you want at all of those buffets for 24 hours. So if you buy it in the morning, you know you could theoretically get a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, and then breakfast the next morning before it expires. And I have done that definitely more than one year, and I have definitely gotten more than my money's worth for food. So that's that's a really good one. You know, if you're looking to to get a nice meal, but still, again, on a budget. Actually, if you want to get four nice meals on a budget, totally do that. It's it's like a, a really miserly way to do it, but it's good food. Uh, I totally agree, and it's a great option. Um, another way to, to help that budget is, like Ryan mentioned before, to bring a water bottle. When you're paying 5 or $6 per bottle of water, having a refillable water bottle and using the coolers that we provide in the conference area will make a huge difference to that pocket money. Oh, I totally do that. Like, I never buy water in Vegas anymore. I'll just, I'll go down to one of the class areas at like two in the morning and just fill up my water bottle and hydrate. And, you know, that's, that's, that's really the easiest way to do it. And, um, for all those people that are going to be flying in, which I would imagine is the, the bulk of people attending conference, uh, a really cheap thing to do to get there. Don't take a cab, take the shuttles from the airport. They're way cheaper. You know, if you want to take a cab, if you're splitting it with, uh, one or two or however many people, it can get uh, pretty affordable. But if you're by yourself, uh, I don't know how much a cab ride is but if it's like 30 or 40 dollars versus uh, a shuttle is i think maybe like 12 bucks round trip you know it'll get you to your hotel and then they'll pick you up and they'll bring you back to the airport uh, when it's time to fly home so um out of the the baggage claim area you know you turn one way and it's taxis you turn the other way and it's shuttles and i that's what i do every year um that's that's really my comfort zone and it's so cheap and uh they'll get you there really quick and uh it's it's definitely a good way to save a couple of bucks yeah i want to say i think my shuttle last year was like only seven bucks um, what is really important to keep in mind as well in Vegas is much like our industry, it is a city that runs on tips. So when you take that shuttle, when you have that maid come to your room, please make sure to tip them. We treat the staff in our host hotel very nicely because they treat us very nicely. Um, and so I do as much as I am on a budget every year, uh, make sure that I save five bucks to hand that guy that lifted my 7,000 pound suitcase for me and 10 bucks for the maid at the end of the week and I leave my room pretty clean so keep in mind if you're a pigsty you should probably tip her really well 
Yeah, you know, I, I I would hope anyway that that people in our industry understand gratuity, you know, because we all appreciate tips for our hard work, and you know everybody else does too. So yeah, that's the same thing. I'll always have a, a bunch of ones on me, and I'll give people that like thank you handshake where I give them a couple of bucks for you know whether it's a ride or whether it's a meal or whether it's somebody cleaning up after my my messy ass. So um, yeah, you know, it's it's just a polite thing to do. So um, you know. Talking about Vegas, you know, it's not just our one hotel. It's not just Bally's, you know, especially if this is your first time coming to conference. Put aside some extra time, whether it's beginning of the day, end of the day, or on a break, and get out of the hotel. There's a whole city out there with all kinds of really cool stuff to do. Lots of shows, even just sightseeing. You don't even have to pay a dollar to have fun in Las Vegas. You can just walk around and people watch, and it's super bizarre. You'll see all kinds of weirdos. Like, even the ones that don't have tattoos and piercings, you'll see some super weirdos in Las Vegas and... Go watch the Bellagio Fountains or, or just do whatever. Go to a Cirque du Soleil show if you have a couple extra bucks to drop. Or go see uh, Absinthe. Have you ever been to Absinthe? I have not. I've actually never been to a show. Oh, my uh, God. I, so I, right? I unfortunately am tied to my work when I'm at conference. Maybe a little more than I should. Um, so I don't get to leave the hotel very much. I do make an annual trip to Bouchon because food rules my life. Um, I usually try to go watch the, the pirate ship sink because I get a a kick out of it um i watch the bellagio fountain every day if i can it is probably one of my favorite things in vegas it's absolutely stunning and beautiful um i go down to new york new york and and i watch the roller coaster because i rode it once and well we don't need to talk about that experience um but yeah get out of the hotel put on a hat and wear some sunscreen while you do it especially in july because it's going to be a million uh, degrees four thousand degrees celsius four thousand degrees celsius so that's like what 17 degrees fahrenheit I think I'm yeah. pretty sure I got that math right. Conversions uh, are money. Yeah, you know, uh, going back to self care, bring some sunscreen if you plan on going outside at all. You know, there's a, a great pool area at Bally's. So, you know, bring a sun uh, a swimsuit, but bring some sunblock or bring a, a big floppy hat. Uh, otherwise, you will burst into flames. It's like a hundred degrees there on a cool day. Um, so you know, just watch yourself. You know, I I am a, a fairly fair-skinned individual, so I cannot go outside during the day without sunscreen or a hat or um I will I will die basically. So, uh I usually go out at night and walk around when it's only 95 degrees. Um but, you know, get out there and have some fun, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you have a little bit of extra uh, leeway in your your budget. There's a, a million things you can do in Las Vegas. Yeah, um for those of you that aren't scared of heights, go check out the Holy Roller. Go just walk through the stores. Like Ryan said, there's no end of things to see. Go visit the Lego store. Go visit the M&M store. You can do tons of stuff without spending money. You can do tons of stuff spending lots of money. Um, make the most of your experience there. And as much as we're all there to learn um, about piercing and partake in conference, part of that is is seeing where you're at and enjoying the scenery around you. Yeah, you know, I get I get jealous sometimes of like the the high roller piercers, you know, like the Rob Hills and and the people that go out and like rent Ferraris and stuff. So maybe one year I'll do that, but uh, I'm I'm way too cheap right now to to actually do that. So I'll just kind of like I'll I'll just like their Facebook pictures and just kind of uh, experience it from afar. Um, so let's talk about some of the other like non-classroom events that are available to people at, at conference this year. So, uh, you know, once you get past registration time, uh, you know, the week kicks off with the opening party Monday night, and that means taco time for me. So what's uh, what's some of the fun, like, non-class activities you like to do? Uh, tacos? Yeah, <laughs> our opening party is a great time. Come swim, come eat some tacos, come listen to some music. Um, it's a great way to say hello to people that you've, 
only met on the internet at the beginning of the week and say, hey, it's so nice to meet you. I love putting a handshake to the face I see so much. Maybe we can catch lunch this week and start those those relationships off early in the week. Tuesday and Wednesday, we offer some great events that um, take some of our attendees away from the bar. Maybe our younger attendees, attendees that don't like the noise and the smoke and the commotion of the bar. People that don't want to drink can join us in our um, grand salon for board game night. They can come to the Body Piercing Archive-sponsored movie night and see some cool movies that Paul's picked out. Um, Thursday night is our, our banquet. And if you haven't heard, there's karaoke this karaoke year. Karaoke with special guests. And uh, uh, the theme for this year is gold. So buy some really obnoxious spangly clothing and uh, bring it. I'm I'm still like trying to pick out my my gold outfits. I'm really jealous of your gold fanny pack. Uh, as you should be. You should... <laughs> uh, Wait, I, my gold track jacket. Oh man, I got to figure out what I'm gonna get. You know, I was I was looking at some things, but I'm a little bit self conscious about whether or not I'm gonna be able to squeeze into them. But I, I'm definitely gonna get some like super obnoxious like sparkly gold material. I was looking at some like gold pleather pants, and uh, let's see if I get brave enough to actually pull the trigger and buy them. I say gold lame pantsuit a la 1970s, like, solid gold. Nice. That, that's nice. that's my vote for you. I think you would look stunning. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned the uh, the Piercing Archive for Movie Night. What's going to be the uh, the theme for the Piercing Archive this year? Uh, well, BPA has put together uh, an amazing tribute to one of our world's great performing artists who has sadly passed, John John. Um, and from that sprung up our performance art theme for this year. So the point which will be coming out later uh, this week, this issue, as well as our next issue, will be all about performance art and conference. We brought um, several amazing guest speakers that that will be there this year to speak to performance art. And our entire BPA um, display this year will be surrounding performance art and its connection with the body modification industry and how the two often go hand in hand. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a really cool one. You know, the the BPA exhibit is always really interesting every year. You know, I, I like when uh, when they have the host. What, what are they called? Docents? Yeah, our docent tours. So if you look on our website, um, or uh, I think the website has all of them right now, as well as the point that will be coming out, we'll list all of our tour times and who's doing those tours. So we have Alan Faulkner offering tours. We have Paul King offering tours. Ron Athey's offering tours. So depending on, on who you really want to hear, their perspective of performance art and their background on that, take one of those tours from them because you will learn things that you had no idea. Um, I was fortunate enough last year to take Eva Marie's tour um, of the Gatewood display, and me and her have actually become quite good friends, and I feel so fortunate I was gifted an original Gatewood piece of art from her. Wow. Um, And I built an amazing friendship out of that. So take a look at our tours, see who's offering them, Take five minutes and talk to those people. Um, they bring experience that can never be duplicated, and and those experiences um, lend so well to the education that we're after. Yeah, you know, and it really just makes it much more of an experience than just classrooms. You know, like there's nothing wrong with classes. You know, if you're a, a class-based person, um, you're still going to have an awesome week. But if you can get out there and you can experience a, a little bit more of what conference has to offer, it's such a rich experience. You know, you get to learn a lot of history. You get to see all different kinds of perspectives. You know, I, I've been in the industry for around 20 years now, you know, and every year I still learn things. And I'm still like, oh, I had no idea that this person was so instrumental in, in uh, the growth of this or that, you know. 
um, meeting people, you know, putting putting names to faces, and uh, it's just it's a great week, you know. And um, one huge aspect of conference that you know we haven't really talked much about is the expo, you know. So what yeah. are what are some of your perspectives on the expo? Because for me, it's really just like it's mind blowing, you know, how much how much effort is put into it, and uh, you know what you get to see every year. Uh, I am a little bit like a magpie. So I'm like, oh, my God, look at all the shiny things. Um, the Expo is amazing. Um, it is our industry's chance for all of our vendors to showcase all of their innovations and everything that they've been working on for the last year, as well as the new stuff that they're bringing to blow our mind for the upcoming year. Um, the amount of really cool, unique jewelry that I've seen come out of the Expo is I don't even know if I can put it into words. Every year I see a piece of jewelry that literally blows my mind. Um, yeah. Pieces come from people like Jason, you, we've talked about before, um, where they take their craft of jewelry making and their love of art and put those two things together, and the result is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it really helps you see um, these these individuals as artisans, you know, because I, I think a lot of times we're detached from it because we look at a social media page, we look at a website, we email in an order, uh, we maybe call people on the phone occasionally, you know, but uh, not very often, and then we just get a, a, a box in the mail, we open it up and we put the jewelry out. You know, we don't think a lot of times about the, the people who are sitting in those workshops, sitting at those jewelry benches, putting this stuff together, or, you know, sitting down and, and sketching out a new design, you know? So when you get to go there and you get to not only see the, the work, but you get to see the people who make it, it, it just makes it a very, like, rich experience, you know? Um, being able to, to go every year and, and see the designs from from Maya, from Diablo, and Body Vision, and Gorilla Glass, and, and Sleeping Goddess, and everybody, you know, it's just, it's so cool every year, you know, and like, then you get to see the people who are really trying to push the boundaries of, of jewelry design, you know, other couture, and tether, and people who are just kind of like, taking jewelry and, and flipping it up on their head and coming out with some really, really cool stuff. And you can sit there and you can talk to them and be like, oh my God, how did you make this? And they'll they'll, they'll just tell you. They'll be like, oh, it's based on this this uh, old French, you know, technique of, of this and that, or, or I'm inspired by this, or, you know, hey, took a look, take a look at this piece, and it blows my mind, you know, every year, especially Jason at Gorilla Glass, you know, every year when they put out their, their like, limited edition pieces, I always snatch them up, you know, and uh, I, I don't even get them to sell them, I get them to put them in my case so I can just stare at them, because they're such amazing pieces of art. Yeah, and I think, um, you mentioned some names of companies that a lot of people might not have heard, people like other, people like tether um what i've noticed especially over just the past couple of years is the number of new jewelry companies we're seeing new gold companies um even new basic companies are popping up that only show the growth of our industry the growth of the people wanting higher quality jewelry and demanding um a better finished product and it's so so great to see all of these new companies coming small business people that are, are putting their heart and soul into what they do. Have you seen uh, Have you seen Zatimer yet? I have not. I have heard of them though. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's it's basically like clickers, you know, but um, they're really like nicely made clickers. They're not 
cheap clickers. They're not budget clickers. They look really awesome, you know, and I've been following them on social media and I haven't made my first order yet. I, I've got their, their order sheet and I've been trying to put it together, but I might wait until a conference and try to grab some stuff, but it looks really cool. I, I think I'm going to end up carrying quite a bit of their stuff. So, um, but yeah, just like you said, uh, it's just great that our industry is strong enough where we can support all these different craftspeople, you know, uh, being able to put out all this amazing work, you know, and every year they're, they're really coming out with a, a whole new line, you know, so they, they put together a ton of work over the year and then uh, conferences where they un unveil a lot of it, you know, so you get to see some stuff before anybody else gets to see it on social media a lot of the time and you can buy it, you can stick it in your body and, and you can wear it home, you know, it, it's an experience that you can't get anywhere else, you know, you have to come to Vegas to, to get that and, um, a couple other things about Expo is if you're an APP member, you get the chance to get in before everybody else, you know, so that's that's really important. It's it's an hour head start, and it's a really important hour because a lot of those, like, heavy hitter shops, uh, they go in during that first hour, and they just walk around, and they'll be like, I want that whole display, I want this whole display, and they can, they can buy up a lot of that stuff, you know, because they're... They're coming to, to really, like, grab some stuff for their studio. So get into Expo early. You know, go and check it out a bunch of times during the week. But if you want to get some stuff for your shop, if you want to expand your, your jewelry displays, try to get there early because that's when the best selection is going to be available. It's very true, especially for those people that are coming and looking to buy their inventory for the year. So if you're, let's say, an international attendee, somebody like myself, that is, you know, trying to take as much home as possible, you want to make sure that you get to that expo early in the week when there's the greatest selection possible. Otherwise, you're still going to be paying all of that shipping, all of that import tax, um, all of those things to get your jewelry back home if you're just placing orders for when you get back home. Or you can be an American. <laughs> you can just bring as much home as you want and you don't have to worry about any of it. Yeah, you know, for international attendees, it's 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 an amazing opportunity, you know, because think of all the times where you have to uh, order something and you have to wait for the regular turnaround time, but then you have to add on international shipping, you have to add on value-added tax, you have to add on just the hassle of, of dealing with customs in general, you know. Um, if you can just show up, point at something on a table, hand them a credit card or hand them some cash, they hand you the jewelry, you bring it home, you know, and it's it's a great experience and it gives you a lot of unique opportunities to, to go home with some jewelry that you might not be able to get very easily trying to order it through the internet. Um, speaking of international, both attendees and vendors, we actually have vendors coming all the way from Russia this year, which is super amazing. Cool. Uh, right? Um, we also now have attendees coming from literally like 30 and 40 countries around the world. So... Our, our conference has not only grown with attendees from Canada and, and North America, but we are seeing people from South America, Brazil, Mexico, Russia, Sweden, all over the U.S. We have people coming from Malaysia this year. Um, so all of those people can, can take their jewelry home with them. Have you met, uh, have, well, I don't know if you met, but have you talked to Angie yet? She's one of the, uh, one of the, one of the scholars this year. She's from Mongolia. Ah, uh, Yes. Super cool. She's super cool. I want to I want to get an interview with her. Just her her story is really incredible. So uh, that'll definitely be one of the the interviews that I try to get over the course of the week. But yeah, I mean, Expo is awesome. Uh, keep in mind that you also have the opportunities for some special discounts from certain companies. You know, um, I don't want to speak for them because you know it changes year to year. But sometimes you might find uh, five percent, ten percent, twenty percent off their regular prices if you buy at conference. You know, and um, it can be 
jewelry, it can be aftercare, and it's not even talking about like crazy bulk. You don't have to drop 5,000 bucks to get a 20% discount with some of these companies. Sometimes, you know, if you're a smaller shop and you can only afford 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, you still have some of those discounts available to you. You know, people want you to go home with their jewelry, especially if you're a new customer. Like, that's what Expo is for. Okay, I'm going to stick you on hold for one sec. Um, Who's a good dog? Right? We just, the little girl that's sleeping over her parents are here, so give me one sec. Sure. I'm going to talk to all you people while Kendra is murdering a dog. Hello. 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 Okay. Dog and child situation sorted out. Yes, anytime that anyone comes to the door, the dog is like, oh my god, I'm going to save you from everything. That's what dogs are for. They're there to protect. Oh, but she's not going to protect us. When nobody's home and the doorbell rings, she hides. Oh, well, still cute, though. Fair. All right, so um, I feel like we're kind of getting to the the end of where we need to be for the show anyway. So um, a a big thing that I want to hit on is all the work that you've done to get this issue of the point ready. So what are some of the uh, what are some of the the big things in that article? Oh, well, I'm lucky to have two lovely editors to work with between Marina and Jim that this publication would not be possible without this issue. We are super proud to present. some highlights of some of our great performance artists around the world, um, not just here in North America. Because we have so many great performance artists, we've actually split it into two issues. So this one you'll get to read about um, Noema, you'll get to read about Fakir, you'll get to read about uh, Canadian performance artists, you'll get a look back into an old PFIQ, thanks to Jim. Um, You'll also get to hear a little bit about conference and our mentor team. You'll get to read... Uh, my perspective on on how to prepare for conference, all kinds of good stuff. Awesome. And when you say Jim, just for the people that don't know, that is Jim Ward. That is the person who founded the APP (laughs) and really founded the industry that we all work in. And uh, Jim is one of the people who helps put together uh, our our journal of body piercing, The Point. And uh, it's available for free online. Go ahead and give it a read, and, and Jim does a, a lot of that uh, that layout work and that polish to make it it look super fancy. So um, a lot of uh, work behind the scenes, and it's just really cool that uh, you know it, it's somebody like Jim Ward who who still wants to help out after all this time. He's still not sick to death of this industry. No, it's it's almost really surreal to me. I'm not someone that is per se starstruck very easily. I don't really get the like draw of celebrities, um, Hollywood or otherwise. And yet, when I met Jim Ward for the first time, I literally broke down in tears. It was a very surreal moment for me where I got to shake the hand of the man that created my career. Right. In, in, in a sense. And now I, I speak to him sometimes daily, um, and I refer to him by his first name, and, and we've become friends. It's, it's, it's very surreal. Um, but Jim is our, our layout director, and every issue I am shocked when I send him a, bi- a pile of files, of picture files and word files and, you know, some random instructions of I want this this to go before this, and then he sends me back this, this laid out version, and I'm just like, wow, we made this? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you have the chance, you need to shake that man's hand at conference this year. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, and if you don't already have it, buy his book, buy Running the Gauntlet, because it's a fantastic read. You know, so much historical information about where body piercing came from, you know, and uh, you know, especially if you're in 
today's generation of the industry, you know, learn the history of it. You know, it a, a lot of what we do, you know, um, if we're in this this moment where everything is distilled down into putting the most expensive piece of rose gold in, in someone's tiny little cartilage piercing, like this industry started with a bunch of guys sitting around piercing each other's dicks, you know, and it's just, it's really, <laughs> it's really important to know that history and, and know where it all came from because you want to be able to see that, that full progression of, uh, you know, everything that is, that has come before what we have now, you know, it's important to understand it all. If you want to be able to understand where we're going. Uh, I 100% agree. And to that, we will actually be publishing our winter issue of The Point will be all about our past and our history and, and where our industry came from. So people like Jim and Fakir and Michaela and Sky and all of these people that built our industry and built our organization. And our spring issue of 2019, and this is how far ahead we work, our spring issue will be about the future of our industry and where we're going and where we want it to go. Uh, and where we see our growth happening. And so anyone that would like to submit articles, you can send them to me. You can send them to Marina. We always welcome submissions. Um, and a super huge announcement that I am not just personally proud of, but also very personally proud of. Um, several years ago, our publication went completely digital. Um, it was the way of the world. We are trying to save trees and better our planet um, and for the first time since our issue, since our publication has gone dig digital, we will have a printed issue for sale at conference this year. Cool. Right? That would be and nice. That it is the women of the industry issue that will be for sale this year. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's 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 probably the best one that you can have right now. You know, I, I think uh, it's important to understand that the industry is not just yourself, you know, and for a long time there have been people who have been kind of minimized in the industry, you know, people of color, uh, different genders, things like that, you know, and, and I think it's really important that we all kind of hold each other up, you know, and I think um, the days where it's just like the same kind of person uh, standing at the front of the room teaching all those classes, you know, and, and being in charge of everything, I think those days are, are, are over, you know, and I think that's for the better, and I, th I think it's mostly, uh, you know, it's got to be about everybody and not just about uh, the, the loudest talkers, you know, so I think that's a really awesome issue to start with. I agree, and our hopes is that every year at conference from here on out, we will actually be able to uh, offer the previous year's issues for anyone that has been clamoring for those paperback issues for the last little while. Nice. Yeah, it's always good to have collector stuff. You know, I'm getting into a, a period of my industry, my uh, history, where I'm really trying to grab up as much stuff as I can, you know, that that's physical, you know, because everything's going digital. So I'm trying to go back and buy those like back issues of PFIQ and body play and, you know, grabbing any sort of books or, or documentation. You know, I feel like 20 years from now, a lot of that stuff's going to be lost and I want to try to grab it while I can. Yeah, and it, and it really speaks well to what you said about knowing our history. So as much as our industry is evolving and changing at this point, and we might no longer be rooted in the, the gay and BDSM cultures where our industry was born, um, and we may be moving into that fashion industry and you know social media world, it, it is really important for, I feel, all piercers to, to know where we came from and, and why our industry is the way it is because we can't grow and move forward without understanding that. Right. Uh, did I tell you that I got uh, an, a, a PFIQ number one from Sky Renfro? <gasps> yeah. And it's like the gayest thing. It's it's the gay, in the, in the best possible way to say that, it is the gayest thing. And I bet it's 
amazing. It um, it is like the the have you, I I don't know if you've ever seen the the cover of it is just like it's a, a drawing of a basically naked man with like a BDSM harness with like a big old dong and then like inside there's this amazing ad from Gauntlet and it says like Gauntlet we've got what it takes to fill your hole and it's like man this is pure gold I'm going to frame this and put it on my wall. Yeah, um I am fortunate enough to be what I would call friends with Sean Porter and I've followed his um archiving of our industry for many years now, um, since even before I was a piercer. And so I love that old uh, Sailor Sid and uh, Silver Anchor and, oh, the names are are escaping me because there's so many of them. Doug Malloy, that era, um, as much as it it wasn't a woman's industry and, and we weren't part of that, I love the history of that part of where we came from. Yeah. I find it fascinating. It is. It is super fascinating, especially seeing where we are now, um, where sexuality is like so far removed from from the industry. You know, for for better or worse, I, I think a lot of people will see it for the better. But you know, there is a, a little bit of that experience that can be kind of lost. You know, I don't really get to do a lot of like heavy genital work anymore because I I don't think a lot of people are comfortable talking about it these days. But um, you know, the the professionalism has really spiked a lot. So you know, and it's a, so much more inclusive and and so much more you know welcoming to people you know different languages and ethnicities and and uh, backgrounds and, and and sexualities you know so the industry is definitely better for it but you know I, I do still miss that stuff you know so it's great to see the documentation of it you know if, if that's not as as uh, heavily present in our industry now it's still heavily present in our history so you can always pick up a book or you can maybe see some old videos and you can really uh, experience a lot of that stuff still yeah for sure all right, so uh, to kind of wrap it up, um, who are you and uh, what do you do? <laughs> well, I am Kendra Jane. I am your current vice president. I am your current registration manager, uh, all-around registration hobbit. Cupcake I... chef. <laughs> one day, maybe. Um, I am one of the editors of The Point, I'm an all-around piercing and history nerd and lover of cookies. And a lovely person. Some days. Some day, with some days. Okay, so uh, I'm going to pop off of here for now. Uh, thanks for talking to me, and I will see you in a couple of weeks in Las Vegas. 27 days and counting. Nice. All right, I'll see you soon. Sounds good. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right. Big thank you again to Kendra for talking to me and uh, fitting me into your schedule. I know it's tough when you're wrangling kiddos uh, to stop and do a podcast for an hour, so I really appreciate it. Um, hope we gave you some insight for the people that are coming to conference. Uh, if it's your first time coming to conference, don't be intimidated. You know, it is a big week, but uh, there are a lot of systems in place to help you get through it as easy as possible. You know, feel free to take advantage of them. Mentor program, all the really awesome people over at the registration area, a huge amount of volunteers, You've got the board of directors, all the different instructors, lots of people wearing name tags that'll say what they do uh, within the APP, their, their roles within the organization. Any of those people are there to help you. They're there to help you make sure that you have a, a fun week. So, um, you know, enjoy it. You know, make the most out of it. Uh, if you see me, stop and say hi, and uh, I'll see you in Vegas. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. 
For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.